We talk about investments, and when we mention kingdom investing equals abundance, immediately people think, oh, he's going to be preaching on money and be preaching on finances because that's what kingdom investing is. And it's so much more than that. And that's why that video just spoke to me because especially like during the Super Bowl, I mean, I don't know how many commercials they had on there about are you ready for retirement? Have you put enough money aside? Have you talked to the right people? Have you invested for your future? And they're always talking about, oh, if you can get a condo or if you can go on trips and if you can do all these things once you hit that magic age of whatever that is, because I haven't hit it yet, but whatever that retirement age is that you can go and do and spend and you've got enough money to do whatever you want to do with and that's what they're saying, or invest in your future and the kingdom of God is so upside down from the world's viewpoint of investing. And so when I looked at this passage in, in Matthew 25, and I want you to turn there if you have your Bibles, and I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. I know that we have it on the screen, and uh, it's, but you might see something in your own translation or version that would spark some conversation with your, with your uh, other people, with, you, with young people, with your spouse or your friends that you might say, you know, I, I saw that. He's re I'm reading from the Passion Translations today, and I've really grown to love it. I'm not going to always use it, but it really uh, speaks very simply to investing. And even in the Passion Translation, it's interesting because the heading, you know how the Scriptures are broken up into groups and they have a little heading over them? Even in the Passion Translation, the heading was a parable about financial stewardship. Okay? So we're going to talk about investing today in but we're not going to talk about, it's barely going to touch on the financial side because, listen, when God gets your heart, He gets that part of you, okay? But sometimes we're, we're easier, it's easier to write a check than to check in and do, do the work that God's called us to do. So we're talking about kingdom investing this morning. So when I looked up the word investment, it is the action or process of investing money for profit or material result. A thing that is worth buying because it may be profitable or useful in the future. Now, when I when when Wes was ten years old, uh, he he was he was really into baseball. He was playing ball, and he was really into Nolan Ryan. He thought, man, Nolan Ryan is his hero, and we got to go watch him pitch in a game at, at the old uh, stadium at Arlington. And so I had collected baseball cards all since I was a little boy. I mean, I collected them and kept them. Yeah, Mama didn't get to throw them away. And, and so, but when when Wes was ten, I thought, you know, I'd really like to get him something special. And so I, I, I went down to a card shop in Arlington, Texas, where we had gone to a game and they were having an expo there. And I said, I would like to buy a Nolan Ryan rookie card. Now, he wasn't as famous even at that time as he is now because he's in the Hall of Fame. But I said, how much was a Nolan Ryan rookie card? And maybe you don't know this, but on his rookie card, he had to share it with another player for the New York Mets. Okay, it was one of those two, you know, it was one of those double cards. And I thought, man, he's, he's a rookie and he's got to share a card as a rookie. And anyway, I, I said, how much for that card? And he said, $70. And I went, what? $70? I can buy tons of cards for $70. He said, yes, $70. I thought, okay. I want to bless my son. I want to buy him a card for Nolan Ryan for his birthday. And I gave him that card. And he, yeah, I wish you could see the video. He's, he's really cute. Now his, his, my grandson, Preston, is, has, has he inherited that card yet? Or are you holding that one back for his college fund? Because the last time I looked, it was worth anywhere from twelve to $1,500. So that would be an investment. Now, there are other cards that I bought that are not worth any. They're not much worth as much as I paid for them. He asked me the other day for Christmas. I said, what do you want for Christmas? He said, I want your vinyl. I still had vinyl. Anybody have vinyl? 
All your old people got vinyl. Yeah. It's all tucked away in a cabinet somewhere because you can't find the needle to your turntable. Right? So he said, I went, I, so I got out a stack of vinyl and I said, which ones do you want? And he said, all of them. <laughs> so Mary Lou got to looking on the internet. Some of these albums that I'd stuck away and put away are worth a lot of money now. They've, they've, they've increased. So it was, I didn't know at the time it was an investment, but now it has great returns. So that's one way you can look at an investment. Some of you have invested in things and that they went, they went bottom up. Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever buy a stock that now you use for wallpaper? I've done that. So we can, that's what investing is. You're hoping to get something back for your investment. It usually talks about money. But it also means this. An investment is an act of devoting time, effort, or energy to a particular undertaking with the expectation of a worthwhile result. Moms and dads, you invest in your children and you expect a good return if you're actually sowing into your children the way you're supposed to. That's why the Bible says train up a child in the way she go when he's old he will not depart from it. Because you've invested in their future. That's the best investment we have is in people. So when we look at this, this passage today, we're going to be talking more about people than we are about money. So verse 14 is where the parable begins. Now Jesus is that he's talking in, in chapter 24 about end days, end times. Remember, if you go back and read it, he was talking about end times. But he's also talking about last days of him being here on earth. And he's having to prepare his disciples for his leaving, his departure. So he's been investing in them for three years. And now he's saying, these are the things you've got to really be careful about. How you invest, how you spend your time. Because I'm going to be leaving you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit, but I'm leaving. So I want you to carry on the work that I've called you to carry on. So in verse 14, he says again, heaven's kingdom realm is like the wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins. Now, uh, in some translations, there'll be five talents. It's like a, a lot of money, okay? And so he said, I'm going to get, he entrusted one with 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to the third a bag of 1,000 gold coins. And I want you to catch this. Each according to his ability to manage. Did you see that? He gives you, he gives us gifts according to our ability to manage. Now say Ability. Now, that word ability is a very interesting word in all translations. When you go back to that word, it's the same word we use for power. It's the word dunamis in the Greek, where we get our word dynamite from. So we have, God has said, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, the, the, the master has this, he's given these talents. He's given this money to these three servants. And he says, I'm going to give this to you to invest according to the power, the ability that you have. So he already had some inkling as to who these guys were because they were his servants. Understand this. God knows who you are. He knows who he can trust this morning. You know what the problem is? We don't know if he can trust us. Y'all hearing me? He already knows what you would do if he, if, if, if I came up and gave Robert a hundred dollars said, I want you to go invest this this week. You know, I don't have a clue what Robert would do. Robert doesn't even know what he would do. He might say, but I got to buy groceries. And I said, that's okay. You do what God is. He's given you gifts. And he said, according to the ability, he says, I'm going to give you, I'm going to entrust this to you. See, Jesus, 
was sending this gift. He was about to leave, but he was sending a gift. Just like the wealthy landowner, Jesus, he said he was leaving, but he's going to return. Well, Jesus is preparing his disciples. He said, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back. But so to prepare you, he goes, go to Acts chapter one, verse eight. He says, in the passion, he says, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. Say power. It's the same word, same ability. He said, I'm going to give you the ability, the power, the dunamis of God, and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on the earth. He says, I'm investing in you, and now I want you to go invest the kingdom of God and take it to the world. That's what he's called us all to do, church. Say, he's called me to do that too, pastor. He expects us to use the gifts he's given us so that we will go out and make an impact in this world. And if there's ever a time that this world need to be impacted by the kingdom of God, it is now. Y'all agree? I mean, you had to have your head stuck in the sand somewhere not to know what's happening in our world, just in our high schools. You know, I got up this morning, I was praying, and, and I was thinking about uh, San Angelo Central. I went there, it's a big school, and I thought, you know, that could happen here. It could happen in Lakeview High School. Look, it happened in elementary school. We read about it. We think, well, that's that happened in Florida. That happened in Columbine. It happened in this place. It happened in California. It happened in Oregon. It happened in Big Sand. All these places we talk about that it happened. And I'm thinking, could it happen here? Have we let our guard down? Have we invested in our children? Have we in, are we are we aware of the things that the enemy's trying to do in our community? Listen, if you're not a prayer warrior, if you're not a, if you're always thinking about yourself and you're not on the wall praying and and asking God for protection, praying over our kids, praying over your children before you send them off to school. Listen, the enemy is he's a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour, and he and San Angelo is not exempt. Verse 16, the one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money. And he doubled his investment. And in the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. When I looked at that word traded with money, it said that they literally meant literally that they went out and did business. In other words, they had to put an effort, say effort. Without all God's given us these gifts, but you got to do something with the gift he's given you. You got to do something with it. You get a gift, somebody gives you a gift, and it's one of those things that is useful. Let's just say for a woman, for a woman, he's giving you an item that you really want to use. Maybe it's in your kitchen, or maybe it's on your job somewhere, but it's an item that you want to use. You've got to go plug it in. You've got to put batteries in. You've got to do something. You've got to make an effort for that gift to work. And these guys, I love it because it says that he's given them this, and they went out and they traded with the sum. He says they immediately went out. Immediately. Say immediately. See, some of you have missed the, missed the whole thing that God's done something in your life. He said, now I want you to go and do. He didn't say, I want you to stay and wait. He said, I want you to go and I want you to spread the gospel. And we go, well, I'm going to wait on God. I'm just going to wait on God. I'm just going to wait on God. God said, no, no, no. The waiting part's over. Go. <laughs> but it's all it sounds so spiritual. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Woo. Ah. So Holy Spirit drunk, I can't go do anything. Well, you know what? You need to sober up and go do something. Make an effort. You know why we don't want to trade? You know why we want to trade money? Because there's a risk involved. I've heard many times that you can use saying, instead of use the word faith, you can use the word risk. Because kingdom investing is also risky, isn't it? 
Have you ever known people that it just seems like whatever they do turns to gold? Anybody know anybody like that? It don't matter what they invest in, goes right through the roof. They buy a business, goes right through everything. Everything it seems to turn, they touch seems to turn to gold. But I'm going to tell you something. It's probably not true in their life. If you go and investigate their very lives, if you go look into their past, they might have had more failures than they've had successes, but they learn from their failures to move forward. So when you take a risk, sometimes you're not going to, you're not, you're not going to succeed. You may lay your hands on somebody and pray the prayer of faith and they don't get well and you go, well, I'm a failure. I'm not going to try that anymore. That was a big risk. I look like a fool doing it. And God says, no, that was just, that was just one time. Listen, when you walk this walk of faith and you make an effort, it's not a one time deal. It's a continual thing. Now I was on a media fast and I've got to confess. I got to repent because I, I really, I didn't watch the Olympics. I like the Olympics. Anybody watch the Olympics? Americans just not done very good. But when I found out that the women, the USA women, were going to play the Canadian women for the gold in the hockey, I said, I got to watch that. So I, 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 got the, I got my TV ready, and I was watching the game. I watched two quarters of the game. I watched the interviews before the game. I watched, and, and I didn't get to watch it all because it was, just, it was like 11.30 at night, and it was the rain, the the, the the American girls were down two to one, and they looked like they were done. They just look. Anybody watch the game besides me? Okay. <laughs> so all of your media fasting, and y'all are keeping your fast, and I didn't. So I got up in the morning, and I, and I, I hit record before I went to bed. I thought, well, maybe they might win. I'll watch it. So I get up in the morning. I, I click on my my little phone and look on the ESPN. American women win gold. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm gonna watch the I'm gonna watch the shootout. I'll just watch that ten minute portion, and I'll get all you know. So, but then I begin to I, I begin to remember the interviews because I'm preaching on investing, and I remember these ladies. It was 20 years ago before we won our last medal, our our gold medal. It was 20 years ago, 1994 or something like that. That American the American women won the first gold when hockey was introduced into the Olympics for women. They won the first gold, and ever since then, guess who won every year? Canada, oh Canada. Canada won it every year. Except this year. And last year, in so uh, four years ago in Sochi, a lot of the women that are on the team this year were on that same team. And so the interviewer said, What did you what do you think about that game where you lost in preparation for this game? And this one girl says, There's not a day goes by that I don't remember that loss. And she could have said, you know, we got beat. There's nothing we can do about it. They're, Listen, we'll just give up. And you know what she did? She said, No, I'm turning that loss into a win. You know, we got to do that as Christians. When the loss comes, we just go, that's, that's, that's whatever that failure was. It's a springboard for me to be successful in the name of Jesus. And they worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And even when it looked like they were down and out, man, they came back and they won the gold. Listen, we serve so much a, a greater God than the one of the Olympics. The people that are going after the gold, we're going after the true gold. We're investing in the kingdom. We're investing in internal things, not, not eternal things, not temporary things. Because those people at the Olympic stand, they're going to get old one day. And they're going to have that gold and that medal and they're going to be putting it away. And one day they're going to die and the medal's going to stay here. And what are they going to, what are they invested in? I think, I think what they've done is great if they use it for a platform for Jesus Christ. Whew. Preaching is so easy. Where'd my water go? Oh. Are y'all with me? 
if you've been given the gift of miracles, you will never see a miracle unless you actually pray for somebody to receive a miracle. If you've been given the gift of healings, plural, the Bible says, the gift of healings, you've been given the gift of healings, but you never lay your hand on somebody and pray for them to get well, pray for that disease to go, that cancer to go in Jesus' name. If you don't ever do it, you'll never see it. But we have people, this room is full of people that have gifts. Did you know everybody, if you're a Christian here this morning, do you know you have at least one gift? At least one. But most of you have a lot more than one. Matter of fact, God gives you gifts as you need them for the situation or circumstance you find yourself in. But he's expecting you. And when he's invested in you, he's expecting you to invest in the kingdom and use the gifts that he has given you to advance the kingdom in power. Verse 18. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins, he dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. You see, that's what keeps many Christians from advancing the kingdom of God because they have fear in their hearts. And it's funny that Jeff didn't know what I was preaching on. Half the songs we sang this morning were dealing with fear. I'm no longer a slave to what? Fear. Because you have to know your identity in Christ. So many times we are afraid to step out and do something, take a risk. And so what do we do? We just bury our gifts. And if I just bury it, I'm going to just protect it. And nobody, nobody will see it. And I don't have to do anything with it. When God comes back, I say, well, here I am. I made it to heaven. He says, yeah, you made it to heaven, but you didn't do a thing that I asked you to do. You live a life way below. You live a life. You, you've lived on the scraps when I've said, come to the banquet table all your life. 2 Timothy 1.7, you all know it. For God, I want to read it in, in the uh, Passion Translation. For God will never give you, never give you, never give you the spirit of fear. It does not come from God, okay? But the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power. There's that word ability, dunamis, who The Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. That's what God gives you. And listen, if you've been given that, then you can invest and not be afraid of what's going to happen. We, when we were talking about it this week, we were listening to a, a TV preacher. And, and it says, you know, we quote that scripture all the time from Revelation that, uh, uh, that we uh, overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And everybody stops right there. What's the rest of that say? Love not our lives unto death. Oh, why don't we quote that part? We don't quote that part, do we, CJ? Nobody quotes it. We don't sing that part either. It just doesn't work in the song very well. In other words, you've got to give it up to Him. You're overcome when you have been overcome by Him. When you've been buried in the water and you say, I've died to self and I'm living unto Christ. That's when you start taking kingdom risk and make kingdom investments. In Jesus' name, somebody, yeah, thank you. God is good. What has God given you? What are you doing with it? What has God given you and what are you doing? What are the gifts He's given you? How many of you buried the gifts that He's given you? Or have you invested it? Has fear of failure caused you to hide your gifts? Matthew 16, 25 says, For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But 
If you choose to keep your life for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Use it or lose it. How many know people that you've, maybe it's you, you've had a talent, you used to do something, you used to play an instrument, but you quit playing the instrument, so you don't know how to play the instrument anymore. You have to relearn it. How many of you have, how many of you have learned a second language or a third language, but you never used that second or third language, and when it comes time to use it again, you kind of forgotten it because you've not used it. Right? Rose, what was your second language? English or Spanish? Spanish. See, that's just backwards. <laughs> Amen. Got to use it. It's valuable, the gifts that God have, that he has given you. I wrote this statement. I want to put it on the screen. To walk in faith is to abandon the safety of control. To walk in faith is to abandon the safety of control. You see, the guy that buried the one talent, he, he was in control. I know right where it is. X marks the spot. He was in control. He buried something. He thought, I'm, when, when the master comes back, I'll know exactly where it is. I'll go dig it up and I'll give it to him. Isn't that crazy? He had control over it, but there was no use in it because he was afraid to do what God had called him to do. What his master is, he said, go invest. Make some effort. You've got ability. I'm, I know you can do this. Fear grips so many people. Verse 19. After much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants. The one who was entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought 10,000, saying, See, I've doubled your money. Commending his servant, the master replied, You have done well in proving yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because, this is where I want you to underline this, highlight in your Bible, because you have been faithful, a faithful steward to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. That sounds like abundance to me. Amen? So what has he given you this morning? You, you have to define that. I can't tell you what he's given you. Um, I, 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 just from hanging out with some of you, I know some of your giftings. Just in the natural, not even in the spiritual. I can tell you some of your giftings. But you know better than anybody what Holy Spirit has deposited in you, what he's given you. And he says, what are you going to do with the gift that I've given you? Because if you are faithful in the little thing that I've given you, and if you've been faithful in that one gift or those two gifts, he says, I'm going to give you so much more. So don't let fear stop you from moving into the area of faithfulness. You will experience the light. Listen, he says, you will experience the light of your master who will say to you, come celebrate with me. Then the one who had been trusted with 2,000 gold coins came in and said, See, my master, I've doubled what you've been trusted to me. Commending his servant, the same thing. He said, he said, you have done well in proving yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant because you were faithful to manage a small sum. Now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, Come celebrate with me. See, that should be the delight of our heart is to delight the master. When you do what he's called you to do, it's just so much fun to go, God, I was, I was trying to be faithful. I've done what you've called me, me to do. And, and you know what you hear? Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what he said to Billy Graham the other day when he walked into heaven. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But there are Billy Grahams everywhere. Why don't we, we, we want to put somebody up on a pedestal and he's called you to be a Billy Graham. You know why? Because he's called all of us to be a witness. Go back and listen to his sermons. They're not complicated. Jesus loves you. You know? Give your life to Jesus. And he, it, it was their simple sermons. And people were flocking because people are looking for something to fill the void in their life. 
faithfulness. Two of the servants took risk, and the master called them faithful. Kingdom investing, whether it's financial or investing in people, is going to take faithfulness. And faithfulness is not a one-time thing in the kingdom. It's being faithful even when you don't see your investment double. You hear me? Even when you don't see the sea open up. Even when you don't see that person healed. Even when you don't see your finances overnight just triple and quadruple and and the things that you've been praying for come to pass. That's what faithfulness is in the kingdom of God. It's never giving up. Or that person, listen, for a pastor, for a pastor to invest in people, we invest in people's lives all the time. This, my, then my whole week was investing in people, investing in marriages. It was speaking truth and love. It was crying with people. It was praying with people. It was investing time. And listen, if, 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 if I just depended on what I could do and, and the results were how good the, the results turned out, if that's the kind of pastor I was going to be, my, uh, make myself to be or, or pat myself on the back for, I've made, I've made wrong choices even to be a pastor. Because I have to depend on God to do whatever He's going to do in these marriages. And I've got to depend on them to invest in each other. You've got to invest in your marriage, guys. You want to get a good return? Invest in your wife. Wives, invest in your husband. Your parents, invest in your children. You want to see a return this kingdom? That's where it starts. Hebrews 11, 6, Passion Translation. I like this. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real. And that what, he, what does He do? He rewards the faith of those who have given all their passion and strength into seeking Him. God is a God of rewards. Yay! These guys had invested, these two, he said, man, come celebrate with me. I want to give you more to invest. You guys are awesome. But he says that all through his word. All through his word, he says, without faith, you're not going to please me. Listen, I believe this, I believe this whole parable has a double meaning. Financially and also in sowing into people with our own with our gifts that God has given us. But it also has a double meaning in the fact that you're going to enter into heaven because he's he's poured out his gift of salvation upon you. But he's also he's talking about the here now. I believe, see, I believe eternity starts the day you say yes to Jesus. I'm not waiting for some pie in the sky experience. I'm not waiting to take my last breath here, and my next breath in heaven. I want to live kingdom now. I want to live it now. Y'all hear me? I want to live it now. You should want to live it now. You should want to experience the abundance now. Not wait till you get to heaven and, oh, there's my house. Yeah, that's all right. That's cool. God said, yeah, but you missed everything down here. Don't wait, guys. Don't wait to get in on this kingdom investing. They say timing is everything with, with investments, right? You got to know when the gold is bottomed out and you buy gold and then you hope it goes back up. You know, don't wait. Start investing today. John 3.21 says, But those who love the truth will come out into the light and welcome its exposure. For the light will reveal that their fruitful works were produced by God. Let Him start working in you so all the fruitful things that, that He wants to produce, He can be produced through you. That's how He does it. Verse 24. Then the one who had been entrusted, this is the sad guy. <laughs> then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, uh, <clears throat> this is how I think he said, <clears throat> look, sir, uh, 
I know you're a hard man to please. Oh, man. I've heard stories about you. And you're a shrewd and you're a ruthless businessman who grows rich on the backs of others. I wouldn't say that to my master. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't say that. I was afraid of you, so I went and hid your money. I buried it in the ground. Here it is. Take it. You can have it back. It's yours. Wow. And he was thinking the master was going, well, at least you didn't lose my money. The master didn't say that, did he? He said, go and invest my money. That's not investing. Angry about what he heard, the master said to him, some really kind words. You're an untrustworthy and lazy servant. Do you know we have a lot of lazy people in the kingdom of God? Did you hear me? This is where you can take up an offense if you're lazy. But I, ble- I-, I pray that you would not take up an offense. We're going to do the bait of Satan in a few weeks for our life groups. You might want to get in on that. Because, you know, you can be offended while, without taking up the offense. You can be offended because the truth comes at you. You know, when somebody tells you something about you that's true and you don't want to hear it, you go, man, why, how do, they, do they have the right to say that? You want to get offended, you want to get mad at them. But if they're right, they're truthful. And you go, you can either do one or two things with that. Just like this guy. You can do one or two things with that. You can either say, you know what, you're right. I'm not going to, do, I'm not going to be that way anymore. By the grace of God, I'm not going to be lazy anymore. I'm going to start serving. I'm going to get up off my duff and I'm going to start serving the king of, of kings and lord of lords. I want to be active. I want to, I want to have effort. I want to use the abilities that God's given me. I'm not going to sit there and complain and whine because I don't have this and I don't have that. I'm going to start taking what God has given me and do what he's called me to do. It's not enough amens. I'm telling you. Seriously. See, the lazy person went, no amens coming out of their mouth. <laughs> Wake them up, nudge them inside. Now I just offended some people again. So I just pray that you're not taking up the offense. Can you imagine? Uh, just, or, just listen to me a second. Can you imagine? Use that imagination that God gives us. You talk about it a lot, too, Belinda. You talk about we have imaginations. We don't like to talk about it because we always think it's the devil's. And it's not. God give it, gave us an imagination just like he gave you an, a, per, a personality. Your personality didn't change when you get saved. Your character should change. Okay? But can you just imagine with me just for a second? How many people are here? About 400? Richard, did you count? 355. This seat's 500. Don't clap. Uh, 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 uh. Can you just imagine what 355 sold out kingdom investors could do in this city of 110,000? He changed the world with 12, basically, or 120 if you want to go to the upper room experience, and 3,000 on the first day. He changed the whole world. But what could he do in a city? Of this size, if you went out, because we represent so many different cultures here. We represent different schools here. We represent different workplaces here. We, we, we represent so many different things here. And if we were to go out this morning, there's an army rising up, and we weren't lazy, 
And we were ready to invest the gift or the gifts that God has given us into the kingdom. Can you imagine how long it would take for us to say this is this broom is not big enough. We don't have enough chairs. We got to go to two services. No, we need to go to three services. No, we need to build another building. We need to do something because God wants to do that here in the city. Not so freedom fellowship can say, look at us. We're so good. It's not about that. It's about God saying, look, you've pointed them to me and my kingdom is advancing. My kingdom is growing. I don't want to be that guy when, when God says, you untrustworthy, you lazy servant, you good for nothing. I don't want to be that guy. Do you? Well, that's what he's saying to this guy right here. I've given you a thousand, uh, a thousand gold coins to go in this. And what did you do with them? I dug a hole and I put them in the hole. Wow. You're awesome? No. And I would have received it all back. He said, if you would have just deposited my money in the bank, which requires very little effort, just take the bank of gold, go to the bank, go to the teller, say, I'd like to deposit this. So when my master comes back, at least we'll get some interest out of it. And it wouldn't be much, but it'd be some. Right? He said, couldn't you have at least done that? Then he said, I want to return back with interest when I return. But because you are unfaithful, I will take the 1,000 gold. Listen, this, this is not worldly thinking. This is kingdom thinking. He said, because you are unfaithful, I will take the 1,000 gold coins and give them to the one who has 10,000. Well, that's not fair. I like what Terry Thompson said last week. God's not fair. He's just. He's not fair. He's just. That's the unfaithful guy. I want to tell you something. God does not reward unfaithfulness. God does not reward fear unless it's the fear of the Lord. God does not reward disobedience. He doesn't reward even delayed obedience, which is disobedience. He can work with you, but he won't, he won't reward you for it. And I want to go back to what he said earlier. He said, I'm going to give this according to your ability. See, a lot of people think, well, now the pastor, he's putting me on a guilt trip. Man, I'm not, I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. I'm trying to put you on a God trip. You could quote that one. Got the t-shirt there. Because any good pastor wants his sheep to do good. So we can shear you. <laughs> Then you can grow some more wool. Yeah. Multiplication. Come on. But what he showed me there was this. He's going to do what he's going to do. And he's going to see what you're going to do with what he gives you to do. But he knows who you are. He knows your ability. He's not going to call some of you to sing on the praise team that can't carry a tune in a bucket. Praise God. But when I was thinking about this, think about this. He didn't call anybody else out of the boat either. He said, okay, Peter, you didn't do so good. James, you're next. John, you're next. Come on, get out of that, get out of that boat. Let's go. Let's walk in the water. We're going to have some fun today. He didn't do that. Because he knew what they were already thinking, what they would do, what they wouldn't do. He knew their abilities. He knew their level of faith. He knows your level of faith. Listen, he's not going to call you to go to Africa if you're afraid of that. Listen, get that out of your head. He's going to call you to go to Africa next week when Don's here. 
But if he calls you to go to Africa, you know what you're going to do? Oh, man, that sounds great. I can't wait to go. I, I've had this. I've had this thought that I was supposed to be on the mission field. Africa. I just thought this Africa was the place I was supposed to go. And God, you've confirmed it. Listen, then you'll love it. Kingdom, adva- kingdom investing, guys, is is about the abundance of God. Verse twenty nine. We're, we're almost half through. It's awesome. For the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. And the one with hardly anything, even what little he has, will be taken from him. Then the master said to his other servants, Now throw that good-for-nothing servant far away from me into outer darkness, where there will be great misery and anguish. Now whether he's talking about eternal loss, hell, or he's talking about a believer that's been cast out, like the, the Bible says, uh, set him outside the church so he can, uh, Satan can work him over so he can, his soul will be saved. I don't know what he's, he's talking about here. Either It could be either one. I'm not concerned about that. I'm not concerned about that because I'm not going there. So I'm not going out into the outer. I'm not going to be out there in the dogs in the dump ground where they're all gnashing their teeth, which is kind of what that was referring to. But if that's where you're headed, you might want to pay attention. Because God said, I want to give you more. I'm, I'm the God that overflows with abundance. When, when I've trusted you with, some, with something small and you made it something bigger, I'm going to give you more and more and more and more. I want to ask you this question, especially you that, that, are, that are maybe your homeowners. Uh, and have you ever hired somebody? And I know this is going to bring up some, some, some spiritual things probably. <laughs> have you ever hired somebody to do remodeling or do something, work at your house for whatever reason, and they were the lazy, wicked servant. And they just totally messed up whatever they were supposed to do. They overcharged you or they didn't ever finish. So anybody, can I get a witness? Anybody here besides me? <laughs> Are you going to hire them again? <laughs> Please hire me again. <laughs> I'll do better next time. <laughs> Of course you wouldn't. But what if you hear about this person, you, you hear your neighbor and they say, well, I can tell you uh, this so-and-so uh, construction company, they came and they remodeled my house. They did an outstanding job. They were clean. They were neat. They, they charged me a, a fair price. Man, when they left my home, it was just beautiful. I loved it. Would you think that, who do you think you would hire? The person that didn't finish the job, who overcharged you, or would you hire the person that was trustworthy? Okay, I'm just trying to get a feel for this is what this landowner is facing here. Who are you going to entrust? Who are you going to give more to? Listen, and when you get that job done, and it's a great job at your home, who? what are you going to do when they say, Would you, well, I need a letter of recommendation? Oh, yeah, I'll write you a letter of recommendation because you did a good job. See, that's the way it works. If you've done something really good, somebody's going to come along. Listen, have you ever heard the, the, the term uh, give somebody that's really busy something to do? Don't give somebody that's not doing anything a job because they're not doing anything. But give that person that's busy and they're always getting things done. That's who you give the next job to. Doesn't make sense, but that's how it works. God's a God of abundance. Now, I want you to see something before we close. I was just kidding about halfway through. I heard those muffled amens.
this is this is just blew my mind when I saw this Proverbs 22 8 sin is a seed that brings a harvest you'll reap a heap of trouble with every seed you plant for your investment in sins pays a full return the full punishment you deserve so you can invest in the wrong things and there's a return there too Many of you didn't come to Christ until your, in your later years. You invested a lot of your life in sin. And I would suggest to you that there's no make-ups or do-overs in that sense. But I would say get on, get on the ball with investing in the kingdom. Redeem the time, the Bible says. Redeem the time that you, that you gave over to the enemy. Say, I want, I want to be a kingdom investor from till not till the day I take my last breath. I want to invest in something that's eternal like that guy when he was going to that woman for, eternal, for, for investment advice. You see, James 4.17 says something similar. So if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you're guilty of sin. That's the sin of omission. That's the burying the talent in the hole in the ground because you're afraid to do what God's called you to do. For the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. I want to close with this passage. Why don't you go ahead and ministry team make your way up here. and I want everybody else to stand. That way they can get out easier. I want to read this passage. Because it's been prophesied over us that this year we'd be running a thousand people. <laughs> really, Lord? <laughs> a thousand. But in the process of hearing that and sensing that God was really on the move here and doing some awesome things here, our 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 pastoral staff and our elders uh, have become and, and uh, Ron, we've come together and said we've got to lay some groundwork because we have to have the infrastructure to handle all of this. Okay, you know where I'm going with this. You're, the, you're, you're going to have to be a part of the infrastructure. You're going to have to be a part of the. I, I told them this morning, and listen, Freedom Foundation, what, 15 people, 10 people in there this morning should be packed. I thought, well, everybody in our church must be free because they're not coming to Freedom Foundations. Hmm? I guess everybody's free. That's another God trip, not a guilt trip. Okay? I want you to be free. That's just the bottom line. God wants you to be free more than I want you to be free. But if we're going to do, if we're going to go and conquer in advance the kingdom like the mighty army of God that we are, we're going to have to relook at the way we're investing our lives. And we're going to have to partner with him. So I want to read from 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5. This is Paul speaking. Who is Apollos, really, or who is Paul? Aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us? Paul says, I was the one who planted the church, and Apollos came and cared for it, but it was God who caused it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now, the one who plants, listen, this is God. Now, the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important. Look at your neighbor and say, we're equals. Now, now look at your neighbor and say, we're equally important. Now say, we are equally important in the kingdom. I know that's awkward because you don't know which way to look. And Yeah, I, I feel you. You have to tell that person this time and that person. That. 
I just want you to confess it, okay? Now, the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important and on the same team. But each, listen, will be rewarded for his own work. God likes to give out rewards. I figured that out. In the Bible, he likes to reward his kids. You know, and, and it's a great reward. It's, a, it's not, a, it's not a, in the pie in the sky. It's now he wants to reward you. And you know what? There's no better reward. There's no better reward than leading somebody in the kingdom of God, just praying with them. Man, that's eternal rewards right there. You just pray with somebody. Or praying with somebody you see in a demon leave. Or praying with somebody and they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Praying with somebody and they get healed. Praying with somebody and they get comforted. Praying with somebody and they get encouraged. Even if they don't get healed, they, they say, Me, you care about me. That's what we are. We're a family. We're on the same team. And listen, we've got to get on the same page if we're going to go and be the mighty army God has called us to be. Okay? So bow your heads. I believe there's some people in here that you know specifically God's called you and God has given you a gift. And you would say today, Pastor, man, I have buried that gift. I have dug a, I've dug a hole and I put the gift down in there and I covered it up because I was afraid to do something with it because I was embarrassed or what if I fail, the fear of failure, all those things. If that's you this morning, I want you to step out and come. Come to one of these prayer ministers. We got them in the front. We have them in the back. If that's you this morning, I want your gift to be released today. I want it to be dug out of the ground symbolically or in your mind. I want you, I want these prayer teams. I want you to pray with them that they would dig that gift out of the ground. And then you would just put that gift back on them. Hand it back to them. Symbolically, just hand it back to them. Say, I've got, here's a gift. You see, when God gives you a gift, he doesn't take it away. I know a while ago we said use it or lose it, but he actually never revokes the gifts that he's given you, the calling in your life. He doesn't revoke that. If he's given it to you, it's still there. It's still in the ground. He's asking you to dig it up and take it and say, God, how am I going to advance the kingdom? Holy Spirit, lead me. Show me what is my part in the kingdom. What is my part in this team at Freedom Fellowship? What would you have me do here? I need some more, need some more prayer warriors up here. Back up, back up. Terry, Terry Mars is, is taking on our drama. You know, we're going to do this living, living last supper. Man, wouldn't it, be cute? wouldn't it be beautiful if you said, you know, God's always put it in my heart to be a part of a drama team at a church. Well, guess what? He's put it in Terry Mars' heart too. And we want to do more than once a year do a living last supper because people, people, you can go out on the street and do street ministry just with a simple, with a simple presentation of the gospel. You can, you can bring people in. If you've got a talent, and you, God's called you and he's put it in your heart and you've buried it today, step out and come. We'll wait for you a little bit longer. I know it's late. I know it's late, but the, the game didn't start till like August. Preseason, right, Mike? It's preseason. So we don't have a game till like August. For the baseball people here, games don't start till April. So we're good on games. Come on. Misha's down there. Man, this excites me to see people say, I've got a gift. Dean it up. And I'm going to apply it. Guys, we got three comments. We just spread across here. Spread across here.
Some of you guys got a calling on your life. Maybe it's to preach the gospel. Maybe it's to be a missionary. Maybe it's to be a Christian plumber. I don't know what it is. They're all important. I'm telling you, if you get stopped up, come on. You want a Christian plumber, don't you? Okay, it's important. And whatever your vocation is, to be the best that you can be for Christ and advance the kingdom. Even when you go into that house and you pray peace over that house and somebody comes to you while you're working in that house you've got a job to do and they said, man, I've got a, I've got a need here. Can you, can you, okay, this is going on in my life. Well, I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you? Guess what? 99 times out of 100, they'll say, yes, you can pray for me. You can change a life. You can change a family. Whatever vocation you're in, whatever school you're attending, people are just hungry. Listen, people are hungry to have the void in their life filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need more people out here that's willing to just to lay their hands on somebody and say, be healed in Jesus' name. That's a prayer ministry. That simple. It's a prayer ministry. Anybody else? We'll wait just for a couple more seconds. Anybody else? Don't be embarrassed because you buried the talent. Just dig it up today. Let's dig it up. Let's see what God wants to do. Let's, let's go on the adventure. I mean, it... I will tell you one thing. When you walk with the Lord, it is not boring. Anybody attest to that? It is not a boring life to walk with Jesus. Because He will take you places that, man, you just only dreamed of going. He wants to do some incredible things in your life. He's not a God of condemnation. He's a God that's going to bring truth to you. And then He says, I am going to supply all of your needs. I am going to do it through you. And then... Not only does he do it through you, then he rewards you for it. Isn't that a double blessing? Anybody else? Before we close.